Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? For the here and now, I want to start selling out Salah Stadium before we, we kind of jump ship over to the Aviva. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Yeah, you're welcome back. Um, Cavan playing Antrim in Corrigan Park uh, at the moment. The score was just up there, but it's gone from my screen now. So we're going to go from football to one-time Mead uh, Gaelic football panellist, David Jennings. You were actually quite a good goalkeeper in your day, DJ. Yeah, I was on the Mead panel for an O'Burn Cup Shield match against Kilkenny once upon a time when the banty was over us. Against Kilkenny? Uh, against Kilkenny, yeah. Did yeah, you get a game? story. Uh, no, no. Brendan Murphy, who actually had a decent soccer career in England, played for Wimbledon, was a goalkeeper at the time. But uh, I was his understudy, and uh, I'll never forget. It was a horrible night. I think it was January, and uh, I came anyway. One set of gear, of course, one pair of shorts, you know, one pair of socks. We went out and warmed up, and I was muck from head to toe. So I was absolutely muck from head to toe. We came back in to get the jerseys for the match. Of course, Brendan had a second set of gear with him. And I had to go out to sit on the bench in muck from head to toe. I was freezing for about 70 minutes. And I think the score was about like 110 to like four points. It was a terrible match. So that was my, my brief inter-county career, Johnny. A hell of a career. How are you keeping? I'm good. I'm good. It's seven points to six to Cavan, by the way. I'll do your job for you. Seven points to six to Cavan at halftime at Corrigan Park. Uh, today, um, I suppose we'll we get to punch down shortly, but uh, we'll mention just uh, Sandown today. They're bringing down the curtain on... Obviously, on the jumps campaign, um, what did you make of Cheltenham in terms of Willie Mullins' domination and um, I suppose the the jump scene in general at the moment? And Gordon Elliott's attempts to kind of get back on the map as well. Yeah, I, I thought it was a terrific week um, from a, from a neutral perspective and for, from people who are who are invested in the game. I thought it was a great week, totally enjoyable, and the buzz like when Aplutar won the Gold Cup to to be around the parade ring. For that, for those couple of moments, was just was just magic. Obviously, there are there are deeper problems in the game, and and you know Willie Mullins having so many winners at the meeting um, is obviously not ideal, and we'd like a, a bigger spread of winners. Uh, obviously, Ireland are still dominating uh, with with eighteen winners, but uh, as, as a week, I thought it was it was just terrific, and I suppose the fact that we weren't there last year obviously um, increased our appetite. But uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. We all know when in racing in general that there are there are problems which need to be sorted out but Irish racing at the moment is obviously flourishing and uh we're set for a cracking five days at uh, Punchestown. Yeah, and cracking cars this weekend as well. I thought your boss, Richie Forrest, had a good article about um, the five-day festival and that like he was kind of um, yeah. put, providing a nexus between Roy Keane saying, you know, I used to be angry, now I'm just sad. And he was saying that we can't just accept this five-day Cheltenham festival, which I think would be an absolute farce. Yeah, the funny thing is on this, Johnny, about a year ago, I'd say, or maybe longer, I penned an article saying, you know what, a five-day festival mightn't be the worst thing in the world. You know, you could just have six races over the five days and you only have to add in a couple of extra races. And then I kind of thought about it and I gave it a little kind of deeper thinking and I realised just what a terrible idea it is and how I should be listening to my boss all the time because, you know, the horses are just not there. You see four runners in the Turners this year, no British representative in a grade one against Bob Ollinger and Gallup in the Champs. And then you see all the odds-on shots compared to 20 years ago it's just the quality is not there for five days. The quality is not even there for four days at the moment. I think it's fine the way it is. And um, it still is a magnificent uh, spectacle for four days. And it's fine 
don't uh, don't don't budget though. Don't make it five days. It would be a disaster. The celebration chase today, obviously, a um, couple of the, the the big players in the two mile division aren't there. This is three o'clock at Sandown, um, so it's only fifteen minutes away now. We've got Nubin Negra, obviously, Grenatine. Um, Nubin Negra comes here um, on the back of he's actually one hundred and forty days since we saw him run behind Grenatine, obviously here at Sandown um, and Tangle Creek, um, and Miss Cheltenham, Nubin Negra, and Grenatine more or less going to go off some like joint favourites here. Yeah, it's a funny sort of a race because they're all on kind of on retrieval missions. Uh, Greenatine, I hated his run in Leopardstown. I know he was probably on the wrong part of the track against Shaq and Persuade, but yeah. I didn't like the way he travelled, didn't like the way, I didn't like anything about that performance. Now, obviously, Paul Nichols has had a terrific day so far. St. Calvados obviously won, and uh, Napper Hill won the first race, so he's, he's on the cusp of a treble. But I just went through the race earlier on, and I, you know what? When it came down to it, I actually thought So Royal was the value. Um, I thought he travelled beautifully um, when Upton trip uh, against Fakir de Dares at, at Aintree. He's probably a little bit better going left-handed, but Nubinegra obviously hasn't ran a long time now. I know he does go well fresh, but he was prime for the champion chase and was taken out on the day. And you just wonder what effect that had on him. Greenatine, as I said, I didn't like the run um, last time at Leperstown. So I think at the price, around about 5-1, to one, you know what you're going to get from So Royal. He's won the race twice before. And I just think he's the one with 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 the least amount of doubts. What about um, the novice hurdle or the hurdle race, rather the Grade Two as well? Indefatigable Scaramanga, Fusil Raffles, and McFabulous. Um, it's actually compelling race in its own right. Virtually nothing to to uh, separate them on ratings. Yeah, you you say compelling, I'd say terrible. Uh, right. I think it's a really poor, a really poor Grade Two. I think when you have a horse like. Uh, like the favourite who hasn't ran all season mm. and is only rated 150 and he's kind of a short enough price favourite. Like, it's, it's poor stuff. My Fabulous has been a really disappointing horse, he to has. be honest with you. I, I, I thought he was going to make it as a grade one horse and he hasn't even got near that level. Um, I, I would say Fuser Raffles, you know, they've done this before, Nicky Henderson and Isaac Swade and Simon Maneer, bringing a decent chaser back hurdling. Call Me Lord, obviously, was one example of it. But I think Fusil Raffles... He comes in here a little bit fresher than the rest of them. I thought he ran okay last time and uh, wouldn't be surprised if Fusil Raffles were to beat the two Nichols horses. And just before that as well, in the, the, the race in between, we, we we had John McConnell on Friday night racing as well. He's having a brilliant time of it in Streets of Doy in bids to uh, win the handicap chase. That's at 3.32. Yeah, I, I spoke to John actually before that horse ran in Navin and he ran against Gentleman the Me and I said, you know, like this is mad like because he was running over two miles when he needed much further but he actually ran okay despite being beaten a long way and mm. John said to me that time even though he ran at Cheltenham again John said to me that time that this race was actually the plan all along and it was always in the back of his head to go to Sandown for this race and there's a lot of prize money at stake he's got a bit of back class as well I think he'll stay I think he'll run well I was interested in him and the other one was obviously the, the winner from last year that was demoted obviously we spoke about Paul Nichols Enrillo I thought kind of comes back here I like horses that that kind of do well in certain races at certain stages of the season and Enrillo seems to be one of them you just imagine him Paul Nichols said he probably thought maybe going into the last day of the season he might need to pick up some prize money let's keep Enrillo for that race and I just think it's a perfect case of a horse being perfectly prepared for a race. So I just about side with Enrillo, but I would certainly give uh, Streets of Dying a big chance. And you can get DJ's thoughts in uh, the Racing Post and the paper and on the website. A couple of meetings uh, in Ireland today, uh, DJ Limerick and Navin, no race in Ireland tomorrow. Two two actually interesting cards as well. I tipped up a couple um, at Limerick. Do you like him there? Uh, yeah, I like one that you like as well. Um, Ad, uh, is that Admiral... Uh, you can pronounce it for me. The Jessica Harrington yeah, Ad- trained runner in the... Admiralty... Do-do-do-do. Place, is it? Admiralty Place, is it? Um, Admiralty Place, yeah, that's in the 355. Having only, yeah. only his second run for Jesse. 
Yeah, I thought that would be hard to beat. I thought Red Lacewing could have a chance in the committed stakes at Navin. And um, one of the bigger price um, in the vintage crop at Navin later on, I thought Sunshark could run well here for Andy Slattery. Ran really well against Wordsworth um, at Gorham Park last time. And uh, just thought it might be right for an upset because Search for a Song is favourite and she usually comes right later on in the season. Yeah, DJ and I have just said we agree on uh, Horace having a good chance of winning that uh, on current odds is actually four to six. So that's why we're paid uh, the big bucks. DJ, if, if you were to try to sell Punchestown to a non racing person, you've half a minute. Oh, half a minute? Wow. And you know how much I like to talk, Johnny. <laughs> uh, sure, you've got the best. Didn't work Irish with Banty, horses. though. It didn't work with Panty, no, no. I don't think my kickouts are good enough. Uh, I, I, you've got the best Irish horses running against each other. And, and the key thing here is, you know, we see all through the season, good horses dodging good horses. This is one place where nothing is dodged. Mm. Like you look at last year where, where Shaq and Persuad ran against Alaho. Willie Mullins could have Energamine, Shaq and Persuad and Alaho in the one race. Although Alaho looks like he's going to step up the three miles. And, you know, we say it's obviously not good for the industry that Willie Mullins is so dominant. But... At Punchestown, it's almost glorious that he is so dominant because all these really good horses that he trains are going to run against one another. And that's one of his, you know, good things going into this week, that he's not afraid to run them against one another. And it's the end of the season. You have to judge kind of how, you know, horses have to have coped with the rigours of the season so far. And then, of course, you've got the, the superstars running for Henry de Bramage. You've got, you've got Honeysuckle on Friday, 15 from 15. The best mare of all time. It's certainly a debate now with Dawn Run. Um, she is spectacular. She's going for her. I think I it's her eleventh. I don't grade think though you can. Like you can't. For Dawn Run to have won a champion hurdle and a gold cup as a mare at a time when Irish racing um, was in a in not in the halfpenny place compared to it is now. I I mean comparisons are stupid because like the whole theory of evolution is that you know the species gets better anyway with time. But like I don't think you can necessarily compare them because of maybe what Dawn Run did. Yeah, no, you probably can. I I was just saying the argument is there, which is what we're having at the moment. <laughs> but uh, she might be I better. Think, uh, yeah, well, see. I think with Honeysuckle, she gets kind of, you know, people crabbing her form because she's getting the seven pound mare's allowance and she's only beating the same horses over and over again, even though she obviously did beat appreciated at, uh, at Cheltenham. But the thing about Honeysuckle is she's learned how to win and she's winning races differently now. She's winning them between the second last and the last. And literally, you know, the running these days is just a lap of honour for her. Mm. And for any horse to win 15 races in a row, any horse, like Frankel obviously was spectacular and he went his whole career unbeaten. But for any horse, particularly a mare, like to go 15 races in a row and to win so many grade ones in a row, no matter what she's running against, to, to reach that peak every single day she goes to the races like Henry de Rom Bromhead has to be commended for that so many clashes to look forward to as well like the, the champion bumper presuming Fasil Vega and American Mike might show up like what a cracker that could be yeah there's there's so many really interesting races like Fasil Vega like the, the Elliot camp were really sweet on American Mike going into going into Cheltenham and you know Nolan and Valerie Moore and haven't had the best of luck at the festival and I think this was the one horse that Gordon thought would win for them mm. he was just a little bit unlucky in that he came up against a superstar well certainly a potential superstar in Facile Vega who looks you know very much out of the ordinary that's going to be interesting that rematch because it was the conditions were dreadful that day on the Wednesday and it was the final race so it'll be interesting to see what it took out of both those horses but sure Energamine against Shaq and Persuas on day one that's going to be a cracker in that champion chase Um all the novice hurdlers that Willie has as well, between Sir Gerhard, El Fabiolo, 
who I thought ran an absolute cracker at the Chetland Festival. I thought that was a cracking run. Um, uh, sorry, at entry. Guy Sartinum, obviously, we don't know what he would have done at Chetland. He fell three out. And then you got Statement who won the county hurdle. So it'll be interesting to see which way he kind of plots to what races for those to run in because they are four really good novice hurdlers. I'm just looking at it here. When they clashed in the champion chase, Shaq and Pursois was... I mean, Shaq and Pursois was sent off 8-1. to Honor Gamin was sent off 5-2. to So how does he not beat him again? Uh, how does he not beat him again? Well, because this is this is Ireland and Shaq and Pursois on home soil has been basically unbeatable throughout his whole career. His three worst performances have come when he's travelled, be it Sandown in the Tinkle Creek and then the, in the champion chase as well for the, for the last couple of years. And um, I just think... In Ireland, at Punchestown, he's able to rock and roll and he's able to dictate matters from the front. And he just seems to be a different horse over here. Uh, it's funny, Patrick Mullins penned a piece for us in the race and post a couple of weeks ago. By the way, how depressing is it how well he can write? I mean, when people oh, like this so are depressing. like, you know, he basically is the best for everything. Then he, he rocks up and, you know, generally as a journalist, you, you kind of ghostwrite these pieces. And when I did bits with Patrick in the Indo back in the day, he just wrote it himself. And I, I was like, this is better copy than normal journalists. Yeah, demoralising it is. Demoralizing. Uh, and he's so good at anal- analogies as well. Like, he picks things where you say to yourself, I remember one day he was trying to describe Danny Mullins and he said he was like, as he went to, to meet him, to interview him, he was, it was like a, a shaken Coke can ready to explode. And I was like, how did I never think of that? <laughs> uh, he is, he's, he's exceptional. But he did, he wrote a piece, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and he said about, um, it, was, it, was, it was his reflections on Cheltenham. And he said, like, Shaq and Persuade, he said, you know, people thought I was travelling really well. But uh, I, I'm not sure whether I was or not. And, and he, he kind of thought that the horse wasn't giving him the feel that he thought he was going to give him, even though when he departed the scene, I think it was four out, he looked to be travelling as well as anything. And it looked like it went like clockwork to that point. But he didn't think so. So I'm beginning to think the whole travelling thing doesn't work. Will he seem to accept it even after the Dublin Racing Festival? He says, I'm not sure whether Shaq and Persuade really does like to travel. He thinks it's actually the exertions of the whole travelling process. So he was going to leave him undercut going to Cheltenham. So I presume he was able to go with the normal routine going into Cheltenham. And I honestly wouldn't be one bit surprised if Shaq and Persuade reversed that form with Energamine because the ground is going to be different too. Finally and very briefly, give us a tip for one of the classics. One of the classics. Whoa. Uh, okay, I'm going to go for our old friend, Mr. Dermot Wells. I think Homeless Songs, I think, in the 1,000 guineas. I think she's... The turn of foot she showed from the home turn to the furlong pole, I'd say Chris Hayes even was taken by surprise because she got to the front so... Like, she got to the front. She went for me maybe third last to, to, to lead the field. Mm. In the space of 200 yards at Leopardstown, I was quite impressed. Um, Dermot does really well with these fillies as they get older. And I think this is another filly that he's going to excel with. I think Homeless Song, she's about 10 to 1 for the Guineas on Sunday. I think she could take the world of beating. Thank you, DJ. After the break, we have Football Saturday.